Things like smiling the mind, the art of looking sideways um, and pointing the students in the direction of ideas-based agencies and individuals and practitioners who are on that side of the fence, mm. if there is a, a fence. You know, uh, if I'm an electrician, I'm an electrician and you're a plumber and somebody comes around your house and does your plumbing and the electricians, you don't stand on the shoulders telling them what to do or things like that. You, know, you, you put your trust in them that they know what they're doing to do it. And, but with design, it doesn't really work that way. 1973 it was the first ever uh, course in the country to have it embedded within its curriculum. That's really what it's about. It's not about you, is it, as a person? You've got to sort of like uh, have an out-of-body experience and think, right, who are we talking to here? Yeah. What's a business and stuff like that? There's, there's definitely there's something that's happening, big style, basically, mm. uh, that is upon us that's as big as the internet was. The following is a conversation with Andy Bainbridge, Senior Lecturer for the UCLan Graphic Design course. Next week, starting the 20th of February, they're holding an uh, annual design conference. And in this conversation, we talked about graphic design, ideas versus style-based agencies, chat GPT and what AI means to design, and lots of other subjects, including how to get ideas, what role does alcohol and getting drunk at the pub play in idea creation. And this was a really good chat, and I hope you enjoy it. So you're busy getting ready for the design conference next week? Yeah, definitely. Um, this is our 12th one, I think. So, uh, yeah, it's been busy. It's grown quite a bit from, uh, I think we get four or five people in um, to give a talk during a week. And then uh, it's sort of snowballed from there. We used to get two to ten a week, maybe. And then now I think we're up to um, 19, I think it's 19 speakers, um, this conference. So you've got four a day. So by going to another venue, we can't concurrently, that's probably about the maximum we can have. Yeah. But the idea was really born out of like, you know, instead of, get, we used to get speakers in you know, here and there during the semesters, but uh, somebody said, well, why don't you just try and just do a condensed week? Do you know what I mean? Uh, and then uh, that's how it started, really. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, and it's snowballed, really, to what it is. So we've got quite a good selection of people. Some tend to be alumni who uh, come back uh, to give talks, uh, but the majority are people who are friends of the course or through people we know, and sometimes we just cold call people as well. You know, see me come give a talk. Nice. Yeah. You were saying before this, um, uh, the course here is very idea centric, and that even this, this, the speakers were. Yeah, this the theme this year is um, communication, not decoration, which is something that um, we're quite big on here. We're communicators, not just decorators, and uh, we're really into ideas and ideas that communicate to sort of get all, all uh, everything across, really, for it be a piece of packaging or a brand or uh, a charity or anything like that. But the course, yeah, founded on ideas, so we kept that going. The course, I think, is probably now in its 60th year at least. I believe it goes back to the late 60s and the Harris. I've got some documentation in the ah, office. right. Yeah. George Hollingsworth was one of the uh, tutors who sort of set up, you know, the courses it, it, it sort of runs today and uh, over that period of time. Um, ben Casey, you might know as well. Yeah, yeah. Ben was, um, was course leader here as well. So... We tried to basically keep the ideas thing running right the way through the course. So when students arrive, they get like a, a foundation course in thinking. Mm. So we break the subject down into its components parts. So no matter whether you think you know what graphic design is when you arrive, we then break it into sort of uh, one-week projects. That's nice. sort of like typography, uh, research, 
copywriting, um, you know, um, image, things like that. So that's at the bottom of a pyramid. So it's kind of the, the foundation, really. And then after that, we go into sort of more practical sort of projects as well. But always with ideas. Always with, we'll always interrogate um, the, a, a given brief, or we'll, we'll encourage the students to think about you know, what is the idea, the big idea. Sort of ideas are very uh, ephemeral. How do you approach that from a, a tuition point of view then to to get people to appreciate the breadth of ideas and? Well, there's certain key publications, really. I suppose one of the things. Go back to Regionalist. <laughs> things like Smile in the Mind, The Art of Looking Sideways, um, and pointing the students in the direction of ideas-based agencies and individuals and practitioners who are on that side of the fence, mm. if there is a, a fence. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what we, we we sort of like show them really good examples, really. Because I always say the students, the best way you can learn design is looking at good examples of it. Yeah. Learn from good examples of design, analyse it, and ask yourself why it's a good piece of design, really. Mm. And those publications are kind of quite key to that. That's kind of the touchstone publication. So, in fact, one of the speakers we've got coming this year, Greg Quinton, is uh, and Nick Asbury, two of the people who, who actually wrote Smile and devised Smile in the Mind, which yeah. some of your listeners might know about. But if not, uh, I was going to say try and get a copy, but it's actually <laughs> it's out of print. Is it out of print? Yeah. Um, they're quite hard to get hold of now. They, they go for quite a bit of money. There's two copies. There's the original copy, which is a white one, and then there's an orange one where they updated about five years ago. Ah, okay. I've got the white one. How much can I get for that then? A bit, I think. I think, oh, it, nice. yeah, just keep hold of it. Um, but yeah, no, anyways, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the ideas thing is something that, uh, and also that's the staff, all the staff are kind of, we're all the same mindset as well. So we all kind of sing from the same hymn sheet. So, yeah. Um, it is a lovely book, and it is th this idea of smiling the mind, and when you see something and it takes a second and then it clicks, and you think, oh, I get yeah. that. I don't like watching adverts ever, unless it's a clever one. And mm. when you see a really good advert and you think, oh, yeah. I like what they did there, yeah. that was really good. You see less and less adverts now, and I'm not too sure how much students watch TV, those sort of formats, but mm. they're seeing adverts. I suppose people turn them off now because it, it, they're an irritant. Yeah, you get five seconds of an advert on YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. Um, and mostly, I feel like the adverts, are, unless it's the, the demographic that I'm mm. being targeted for, if I'm sort of yeah. uh, nominating myself as a dumbed-down aficionado or something, but they seemed a little bit more, well, a lot more superficial and quirky than they do sort of, mm. you know, clever or yeah or thought through. through. I think it's difficult in that time frame, isn't it, to do anything? Yeah. When you had 30 seconds yeah. or 15 or 20 seconds of a standard TV advert, you could tell a story mm. quite quickly over that period. Because a lot of the film ad, ad directors of the day, you know, a lot of them moved into film, didn't they? Like uh, Alan Parker, Ridley Scott. Yeah. You know, those guys and um, more, really, they became, it was their way into film. Mm. Kind of, back in the 70s and 80s. But, um, but yeah ideas yeah no, so that's kind of um that's where we're up to really at the moment with the conference week but uh yeah it's always it's always a pleasure because basically it's just great to invite so many people to come up to preston you know the majority will come from well no actually they don't really there's a lot from london there's people from all over um we've got one guy who's beaming in from uh atlanta georgia wow tom farrell um I got in touch with him, strange enough, through Instagram because, uh, and that was the first speaker I've ever kind of got without actually physically meeting uh, or met online in a kind of way. 
because I appreciated his work and uh, he sent a, a little little piece he got in DNAD over. He won an award for a, a little card he'd done and he sent that to us. And then uh, we struck a bit of a relationship and I, I just, out of the blue, I said, yo, I've got this conference with you fancy, you know. Mm. I just looked at his work and he was into ideas as well. So I thought, this is great. So yeah, so uh, we've had a couple of Zooms and uh, he's, he's up for it. So nice. It's good. You came here when Preston was still a Polytechnic. Yes, What's uh, it been 87, like? 87, yeah. Uh, it was great. It was brilliant. Um, yeah. yeah, I came for foundation in, in Cumbria. There's four of us, actually. I think uh, the foundation at Carlisle was a feeder, one of the feeder colleges for the Polytechnic course. Mm. I looked at six courses, actually, went around the country, went all the way down to St. Uh, Martins, and I went to Ravensbourne, and I looked at Nottingham, but I chose here. More than because it was close to home, maybe, <laughs> but it was just seemed a really good atmosphere, and you know, the ideas-based thing, and it was recommended to us, really. But it was a four-year course with a sandwich then, so one of the things about the course as well, it's a sandwich course, which I must, must mention, because mm. in 1973, it was the first ever uh, course in the country to have it embedded within its curriculum. Prior to that, there hadn't been anything like that. So, and um, I think that's definitely one of the successes of the course is that since 73, um, and it was compulsory back in when I was here. So you go out for six months, mm. you do three years, and then on the, the, the second term of your th third year, you go out for six months over the summer holidays and come back for your fourth year. So you do six months. So we still do it now, but it's optional now. So well, the way it runs now is we offer it up to the second years and, um, and about a sort of third or a quarter will go out so we run a sort of a course now. It's a three-year course if you don't go on placement, and a four-year course if you do. Okay. So uh, and then, but our links obviously with industry um, over that period of time, we've built up fantastic links with industry. Not just through the fact that I suppose we're finding new ones. What I'm trying to say is that kind of our alumni, you know, uh, also feed back into that now. So we've got lots of students. People who I, who I graduated with now on their own companies, yeah, of, you know, or are very senior. So the law, you know, pick up the phone or email them, and we, you know, it's it's kind of a it's a sort of struck Preston Mafia yeah. of the design world, which has actually been called that in a kind of way. You know, well, I, I Michael saw Johnson that. mentioned that. The Preston, really, Preston Mafia, yeah, and in a good way. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, there is, you know, um, so I think that's one of the successes of the course as well. The fact that we, you know, be going that long, and it's um, another Preston first. Because you know, um, which is good. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 an integral part for me personally because I'm in charge of that as well in the kind of way, sort of liaison with industry. Yeah, it's what I get a kick out of. But also, it, I know it, the students. It um, it's always proves valuable. They, they they always come back buzzing. You know, having having been out for a period of time. You know, they might go to one agency or they might go to several. It's up to them really. Uh, and the and the agencies are in the northwest and, and London as well. So. Mm. We don't tend to do international. We, we have done a couple in Amsterdam, but um, that's again through the fact that basically one of the creative directors was an ex-Preston student. So you did a lot of uh, well, you did your placement at the Chase. I read that you spent a lot of time uh, in drinking in, in uh, Whitehorse or something in, uh, in yeah, Soho. Yeah, Soho. That's where everybody would meet back in the back in the eighties. That's where the design hub was in Soho. Looking before it fractured and moved out mm. to Clark and Well and wherever, but. And, and yeah, well, I was I was unusual because I did my placement in Manchester, and um, most of my year were in London. So therefore, what I'd do um, most weekends, I'd just jump on a train, uh, get a few cans, uh, yeah. and then uh, by the time I'd arrived in London, they'd finished work and they'd had a couple of beers in the White Horse in Soho, and that's where we'd all all meet up. You know, and it wasn't just Preston. I think it was generally most of the design world would be round about that area mm. after work. You know, that classic London thing of standing outside pubs and stuff in summertime. You, I, um, I was reading the book Words of Wisdom, 
which you published and there was probably three recurring themes from that the first two were ideas and drinking beer <laughs> do you think that um is that a, a, a cultural thing in creativity or do you think it's a, a prerequisite is that you need to sort of detach the the, the frontal lobe to sort of free up the creative juices or is it just I don't know. I mean, it's slightly different nowadays. I'm not too sure whether there's the same drinking culture as there was. But mm. um, I think personally, yeah, sometimes you just take the idea down the pub. Anyways, you couldn't crack it. You just go for a couple of beers. It's like the same idea as going for a walk. And yeah, sometimes when you put yourself under pressure to think of an idea, you know, uh, in, in your office or wherever, you, can, you know. But also people can chat a little bit more freely in that kind of situation, you know. Mm. I have seen some good ideas come out of, the, come out of the, that situation, but... Uh, the test is to wake up in the morning and write it down and wake up in the morning and then you know, recollect. And if it's still as good in the morning, it's yeah. probably all right. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, a lot of it wasn't. So, But it's just one of those things. Really. <laughs> but yeah. Where do you get the most good ideas? In the morning sometimes. I think if you... It, my thing is, I think if you if you take the idea on it, whether it be a brief and whether it's a DNA debrief or something or, or a problem, then you know as long as you've actually taken it on board and it's in there, um, then um, you can come out, you know, sleep on it. I think sometimes have mm. a shower. Shower is a good for me personally. If shower in the morning, I think of an idea. You know, I don't think of an idea, but something will happen in, in the morning. Or I'm better in the morning than I'm in the evening. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's just, as long as you've got it there, mulling around in the back of your uh, back of your head, you know. And also, I think sometimes it's also if you, the more you look at stuff, I think the person I've you know, looked to lots of design over the years yeah. and what's again good ideas and things like that you know and then certain things come back and hold a minute you could do it that way or that way yeah because i think there's only you know what how could i put it now i mean smile in the mouth does it very well it shows how you can break things into categories you know how scale for example can mm. always be used in design to to capture people's imaginations whether they be miniature or something that's extra large or something that's extra small you know there's kind of little tricks yeah that that um that kind of standard you know what i mean I would probably the same as music or run certain riffs that work and certain ones that don't. Yeah, or like in football when they say a set play or a set piece or something, it's mm. like... Yeah. I think you need to know what they are. Yeah. Sometimes, do you know what I mean, uh, in order to be able to use them. Mm. So uh, that's, yeah, that's kind of like more mechanics, maybe how ideas work, I don't know, or, or just things, you know, like that work. But um, yeah, no, we've always had a, got quite good social, you know, the... I mean, going back to the 80s, you know, when I was there, it was, you know, there was no mobile phones or anything. So, you know, the, the Delphi was always the place, but that was the arts pub where the yeah. fine artists and the fashion and the graphics would go. So, you know, that's where you'd have to go to, to work out what was going on and what had gone on, mm. you know, and um, socialising like that. Uh, and also the fact we got paid. <laughs> going back to Dave Grant's as well. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, the good old days. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... And then we got longer as well. There was three terms. It was a 36-year teaching week. So now it's I've been teaching that for 20 years, and it sort of seems to get less and less. We're sort of down to two 12-week teaching blocks now. Mm. So, um, but you can't do anything about that. This is where the universities run the, the kind of timetables as well. There's been quite a bit of an Americanization, you know, modules and semesters. And, In terms of the structure? But, yeah, and also language, you know. It was terms, you know, sem semesters, uh, okay, semesters yeah. and Americanization. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, and things like that. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. How's well, the... that's a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's for another, another I debate. I think we both know. Well, the word intern is interesting because basically, um, you know, it's a placement, you know, 
prior to placement, I mean, it was a placement course uh, with a, you know, that was, that word was quite predominant. There was never such a thing as an internship. Do you know what I mean? And mm. just as a little bit here for listeners. And I, I can chart that back to Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton. That is a... Because uh, that scandal, she was an intern at the White House. And, uh, I, and I know that around about that period, that's when that word started creeping into the English vocabulary. So internship, you know, because people talk now about internship. Yeah. But if you actually go back, it's a medical term. It is an Americanization as well. Oh, okay. uh, I think it's a medical term. It goes back to, um, it's still the same meaning. Yeah. Do a medical internship. So, uh, yeah, you learn some everything. <laughs> but yeah, but that's kind of, yeah. So uh, going back to the, I'm rambling now. Uh, but yeah, so it was a lot, we got a lot longer as well. We had a mm. lot longer at uni, uh, Polytechnic. So, yeah. I look at the students now, and, you know, it's, I don't know, I don't know whether I would go to university now with the, with the amount of fees, I don't know. It'd be more of a consideration. Yeah. But, um, I but think back then when you had a grant, it was easy to default into taking a course because mm. it really, really didn't cost anything if you got a grant, so all four of your friends were doing it, but now with the, mm. the fees and stuff, do you think now that it costs more to put yourself through uni or to at least pay it back, that less people do you think it has an impact on art courses or, or creative courses more if you don't see a might. if you want to be a doctor you'll take a medical course or, yeah. but in creativity do you think it's less of a default for aspirational I think it's going to be into it haven't you because we're into a debate now about creativity and the undervaluing of the creative courses as well like, in which way undervaluing well you know it's kind of difficult. how can I put it now the creative arts are kind of like, you know, feel as though they're, you know, they, they raise a lot of money in this country, don't you? The, the statistics are, you know, it's a billion pound, mm. multi-billion pound raising industry, but the government don't see over this, don't see it as much as that. Maybe they concentrate, depends who's in power, but they, they kind of the STEM system at school, you know, the um, science, arts and maths, not arts, maths, sciences and languages or whatever. Yeah. But I know that uh, in schools, going back, it kind of, you know, the creative courses, it's under, you know, it's not seen as, I don't know, valuable in some kind of way, but it technically is, you know. Mm. But I think a lot of people kind of, how can I put it now? Yeah, so coming into the arts, you think, as you say, you know, paying that amount of money, um, what do you, you know, what kind of job I'm going to get out of it in the end, really? Mm. Which feeds back into the placement. I mean, one of the, going back to one of our strengths is we always have been a very vocational course. So therefore, when it was a polytechnic, that, you know, it was very vocational. And we've kept that element through with the placement. So, you know, part of our remit is to sort of, like, with the majority of our students, is to get the portfolios and their work up to a standard that will, when they leave, they don't, you know, we also, they'll also you know, be seamlessly into industry, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas some courses may be, well, fine art, for example, I don't, you know, brilliant, you know, but there's different ways in, isn't there, to, yeah. to a career. So with graphic design or uh, animation or film or, you know, there's more of a, there's more of a direct sort of, how could I put it now, career path maybe mm. that could earn you, you know, some money. Well, uh, uh, a good a good living. Right. Do you think the the requirement of certain skills in graphic design or in that sort of area of uh, creativity? Do you think the the current zeitgeist of demand for certain skills like animation mm. or for for like you were saying before, there's a current trend of a more stylistic rather yeah. than ad, ad, idea based. Do you think that dictates? what people can actually study so well we try well we try and as i said with an ideas based course it's kind of 
it's good that you're technical. We teach the technical side of things, but some of the feedback I always get from from design agencies who are creative, anyway, they say, "Well, we love people with ideas. We can teach them how to use mm. After Effects, so we teach them. You know, as long as they've got the ideas, we can teach them how to use mm. certain softwares. But if they come with that, that's even better. You know, because I've seen sort of students who arrive with us, and they just it takes a few uh, weeks and months to work out the skill sets. You know, some people are afraid of computers. Some people are brilliant at them. Some people have got kind of uh, you know um, because they've had laptops from you know. Uh, Photoshop, I mean, everybody, everybody's been doing Photoshop. Yeah, Photoshop is six. the new paint. Well, in Canada, that can be quite bad because basically the last thing we want to teach them is Photoshop because they start doing everything in Photoshop. Yeah. So, because it's one thing they know. So, you end up people doing type in Photoshop, you know, constantly saying to them, you know, the clues in the title. Yeah. We call type shop, and it? It's for your photos and image <laughs> manipulation. <laughs> I mean, you can do type in it, do you know what I mean? But, yeah, uh, but, um, yeah it's. Yeah, we're, we're still idea going back to the ideas based thing it's kind of it doesn't matter what people come to the course with them i think as long as people are open-minded have a uh, a thirst for knowledge and uh, a, a sponge and you know and aren't kind of like blinkered and are up, and up for kind of like questioning everything then that's an ideal student really because some, some of them don't do they not no you get some people quite closed off even before they come you know and is that Repairable, or is that? Can it you can ease be, them I into... suppose. You know, it's kind of you've just got to. Who said it now? It's that kind of idea of just basically just trying to keep that childlike enthusiasm and awe wonder. about wonder about stuff. Because mm. keeps it. I sometimes say to students, you can like, imagine how if you like when you're first born, three, four. You know, when you if you've got children, you know, yeah, everything's interesting to them, isn't it? Everything yeah. they pick it up and look at it, chew it, or whatever. You know, and they're just kind of you know. And if you can keep that going in a kind of way throughout your career, mm. just that kind of just being interested and asking questions, why does that look like that? Do you know what I mean? Why is like why is that like that? Do you know what I mean? Um that's yeah, that kind of that's quite good, I think. Yeah. You know, keep an open mind. You know, especially if you know, if you're trying to think about ideas and creativity is pretty pretty important. But yes, some people maybe I don't know. You can all you can all you do is point it out to them. Yeah. <laughs> in um I was looking at the Disciples of Design website. Yes. And Ashley, do you want to just mention what that is and what it's about? It's That started as a kind of a PDF, as an internal kind of uh, way of um, distributing kind of what staff were doing really and students internally in about 2004 or five. And then somebody said, oh, why don't you make a blog of it? And um, so that's when we started doing a blog, you know, just skinning a kind of a blog site. And then um, it sort of snowballed from there. And we got more and more students involved. And at one point, in its early carnation, before it got hacked, it got hacked. So we lost everything at one point. So the whole thing went down. Um, I can't remember when that was now, maybe 10 years ago, maybe. Uh, yeah, it was quite, it was got, got quite a bit of momentum because we were throwing all kinds of stuff on there. Do you know what I mean? We got stuff in the ephemera archive. And we had about 10 or 15 different students inputting into it. And it was just a bit of a creative freedom playground, really. Mm. Uh, and, it, and and then it got hacked, and then uh, we sort of like, you know, about a year ago, no, oh no, what do we do? Do we've got to get it going again? You we know, start again. We started again <laughs> in a kind of way. Yeah, it's it's now turned into more of an archive, really, site and stuff like that. And it, 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 there's only me and my colleague Ted who, who really upload stuff now, but um, there's a lot on there. Um, there's, the YouTube site has got a, a lot of uh, anything that's moved and stuff that we've done on there so we treat it like that now it's quite good to show uh, an open day and things like that what the course does but uh, every now and again we're a bit of a spurt but i use instagram a lot more now you see so mm. it, you know it, the disciples instagram is uh, sort of uh, almost superseded it slightly 
but uh, it's still good to basically put stuff on there because we use it as a learning you know we we can archive stuff and then if you know it's on there when we're teaching current students we go, oh, i'll just show you a piece of work that was done in 2017 you know so it acts as our kind of um well a learning resource really mm. but uh, yeah it's um it's still there and it's uh, it's sort of it's on squarespace now i think that uh, allows you to do different bits and pieces yeah yeah no squarespace yeah you, you mentioned Instagram. Social media changed the yeah. course or design. I don't know really. It's yeah. It's in, I don't know. Do you I, have modules that sort of geared towards how to design for social media or or that kind of direction? Or not really. No, no. We do a placement and employability program with the second year, so we talk about how you know it's good to have an Instagram account that's purely for your design. You know, you can sell yourself that way. You know, that um, is just a design. Instagram account and we talk about LinkedIn and things like that as well after they leave um, but uh, yeah I mean some of them have got their own websites now and things like that or their mm. own different different platforms but we don't really teach it in a kind of way it's kind of because um, basically once you get your work together I mean let's for example do the project work with us we still have physical portfolios believe it or not uh, and um, but also we have digital hand-ins now so students will tend to have two or three different types of portfolio uh, which can possibly be, um, you know, a digital portfolio they can send out. They might be in Keynote, that has a moving image in it. They might have a physical portfolio if they go for an interview, so they can actually show people some of the physical work, especially from packaging and things like that. But also, that can be used, I suppose, as a way into a, to a digital portfolio as well. So if anybody goes for an interview on the placement thing, we'd normally set up an interview, they'll probably take the portfolio along with them, but maybe send their digital work prior to that. So. When they're having the interview, they can sit down and show stuff on screen as well. Mm. And whatever platform that's on. I was going to ask before when I mentioned the disciples of design that um, one of, I think you said your, one of your pearls of wisdom is fail fast fail. Uh, and uh, and don't be afraid of risk. Do you think yeah. that's, um, I got well, that from, clearly you think that's important? I got it from somewhere. Did most, you? <laughs> most, yeah, most of it's from, yeah, picking, but it's like a visual, my magpie picking stuff up, you know what I mean, things that last. But yeah, somebody once said, if you're going to fail, fail, fail fast and fail often, which means that, because mm. then you'll get some, you know, often find that with students is kind of like they'll try and sit and wait to crack something and they have this kind of like amazing idea just to come out of thin air. Yeah. But they said, you know, you've got to keep at it and developing, you know what I mean? It doesn't come out of thin air. You've got to work at it and, you know, things will fail. You'll only, you'll only get there by failing several, I've only ever got there by failing several times. Yeah. Know? But you, the faster you do that, the better you'll get, the sooner you'll get to, to where you're going to. Mm. It's like the line that success is 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. That's another good one. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Fletcher said that. I'm not too sure. Ah, okay. It might be. Um, because again, I've run that one out again. And yeah. Sometimes I run these things out on a phone, just scattering around the studios, like kind of well, like they're kind of common license, aren't they? They're uh, available they should for be everyone. Graffitied on toilet doors. That's yeah. another thing. The demise of decent graffiti. Once upon a time, you know, they're going to you know, uh, you'd just be writing stuff on toilet walls, wouldn't you? Now, but now yeah. people some just, of it used to be quite good, very witty. Yeah, because yeah, Nigel Reese's book of graffiti. I think I've got it in the office. For the rules of toilet tennis, see the wall. Do you remember that one? And then you go to the other wall and you say. For the rules of toilet tennis, see the wall opposite. Ah, so you, so you nice. So you sat there in a cubicle, just going from one side to the other, looking like, looking like a ten, watching a tennis ball. And sort of, that's, a, that's a smile in the mouth. Fan, yeah, it is, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, but I suppose people do it now on, online, don't they, all the time? So it's just done digitally now, digital graffiti. Yeah. You know, kind of, that's most what most means are. Mm, you know, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean, I suppose. But yeah, no. Memes yeah. are a funny things. They are really funny. No, they are. There's an amazing amount of wit out there. I mean, I, when when COVID hit, there was, I was talking to somebody about this before. 
Can you remember when COVID first hit and people, there was so much interesting sort of stuff going around, that witty stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember the Beatles, you know, you've got to wash your hands and all that sort of stuff. There was yeah. people do, doing lots of creativity, sort of lots of funny little jokes and things like this, you know, uh, in, in, quite, in quite adverse times in the kind of way. Yeah. But it, all, I started screen grabbing some of it and keeping it in a folder because the ephemeral nature of it, it's gone now. And it's kind of, how do you, how do you actually go back and sort of two or three years and sort of like mine all that sort of stuff and make a book of it or something because yeah. um, it is so ephemeral yeah the, digi the digital sphere really it really is it, it's scrolling it's gone <laughs> mm. there was one with the is it mickey flanagan or something he used he's the one who says i'm going out out and he did the poster of the covid you know go out but not out out yeah and stuff like that <laughs> yeah yeah do you remember when the um did you see the lawyer had a zoom call and his daughter had turned the filter of a cat on yeah, yeah, that was. And he it. was like, "I'm, I, I'm not a cat. Yeah, I'm not okay to go on a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some woman who was really good on the piano, and she kept um, some, some lady. Well, she was a theatrical lady, but she would, she she came up with some very witty songs. She was a bit of a hit for a while, you know what I mean? Um, but all this stuff was going around, wasn't it? Yeah. While people were trapped in their houses. Does it feel strange to you remembering lockdown, like oh, almost God. like not a real? Yeah, it does. Yeah, like a dream. Like, yeah, yeah. I try not to go back there, but it's weird. It's kind of like a, I don't know, there's a collective amnesia about it, but it seems a long time ago. It does. Now, sometimes when I go shopping, I, this is just a minor thing, food shopping all. Yeah. I think, I was actually, it was happening last week, I was thinking, God, well, well, I was two years ago, I was stood in a queue. Now, yeah. Six foot apart from anybody. Yeah. Hoping there was some toilet roll left. Yeah. With gloves on. <laughs> and a mask. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, going back to technology, one of the things that came out of that were going back to Instagram. Um, I found that very handy in lockdown because we had to, well, we just had to uproot. You know, one day we're in the studio, and the next day they went, you know, you could have gone on the course from your bedroom, which essentially we did. You know, with a biro. I remember one of the things I did was basically I got a whole room of A4 photocopy paper as I left the building because we had to leave. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, and, uh, that was quite handy. Um, and um, yeah, but we didn't know what Teams was or anything like that. You know, we use Teams all the time now. Mm. You know, and um, it's amazing how you adapt because um, it wouldn't have been possible to actually do that. You know, going back to the Polytechnic days, if, if a pandemic had hit prior to uh, you know the digital world we live in, yeah, they'd have had to shut everything down. It would, you wouldn't have been able to do it, would you? No. So, in a kind of way, to be to be honest with you, I'm not too sure. Afterwards, I thought. After it happened, we came back in and I look back at what happened over those, what, 12, 18 months. Because it really did, you know, it really did, um, it wasn't a great experience for staff or students, really. But, you mm. know, I partly thought, you know what, we should just have pulled the plug on this. Yeah. They should, they might as well just said, look, forget it. You know what I mean? Let's just stop. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah, we'll yeah. come back and pick it up when it's all over. Yeah. But they couldn't, could they? Do you know what I mean? It's it's it, it wouldn't be possible. It's a it's a business. Yeah, it must be hard to teach creativity more than probably any other subject over Zoom or. Oh or yeah, teams. I mean, it just wasn't meant to be. I remember sat there thinking it's not meant to be like this. No. And then we did. You know, the students would log on now and again. We, you know, it was it was. I find the most stressful thing that I've ever come across in my career, really. You know, be, you know, been having to do, you know to do that because, you know, it was just difficult to do it. You know what I mean? Mm. And, um, just generally, but um, we got through it. But going back to what I was on about Instagram, uh, with the final year group who had actually been out on placement, they were the most mature students we had. And I uh, I used to look forward to teaching them a little bit more. It was difficult with first and second years. The, the older they were, the, the more you knew them, the, the bit more easy it was because mm. um, we set up an Instagram group. So, um, and that was really handy because I could actually then sort of ping things out to them. 
even when I wasn't actually sort of, you know, in my downtime in a kind of way. So I often sometimes do that. I'll come across something and, I'll, and uh, we have Instagram groups now, first, second, or third, and fourth year. And um, sometimes staff are involved in that. So if you see something good, you can just fire it across or a design agency. Mm. Say, follow these guys. So you can build up a really good um, or kind of a good diet of good design on Instagram, getting the students to, to look at, you know, um, a design-based one. You know? Yeah. So, you know, that was really handy. And it's something we carried on. So we carried on lots of things. We filmed a lot of things as well. Um, recorded a lot of things in, in lockdown as well, did, um, which we've kept kept going as well sometimes. Nice. So there are there are there are there have been good things that come out of it, but uh, generally the experience itself is very very surreal, and I, I don't think it's something that anybody who experienced it would ever really want to try again. No, absolutely not. I mean? So as soon as we got back in the studios, we're we're, we're back now. You know, it's, mm. I do very little online now. You know, Did you do the conference last year then? Yeah, well, the, year, conference, the, the year? conference worked really well. I mean, the one thing, but the conference week 10 was completely online. That worked really well. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> because people didn't have to sort of the effort of going anywhere. I mean, people just turned, you know, they were so used <laughs> like to sitting sit, sit in the bedrooms. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we had, yeah, that worked. But again, it was all run from the, my bedroom, really, organised through there. So, um, but the, again, there was just, there wasn't this like, going out for a beer afterwards or the chatting or, you know, um, yeah. and you, you, know, you couldn't tell how many people were watching, even though there was quite a few, you know. Um, so it did work really well. But And also presentation-wise, it worked quite well. I mean, it's very strange to present when you can't see the audience, I think, for the, for the people, the guests who are talking. Mm. But, um, but, yeah, the Conference Week 10 was, yeah, that was, um, that was the height of the lockdown in February of that year, or the second lockdown, anyway. Because that, that was it, yeah. The first, that was it, Conference Week 9 was February... Uh, 2019, 2020. Yeah, it was it was in the ether then because I remember talking to a couple of speakers about it. You know, it, it you know the, the it hit Italy. Do you know what I mean? We knew it was coming in a kind yeah. of way. And I think it was not more than three weeks after conference week or four weeks after the conference week. That's when the, the, you know, we were told to stay at home. Mm. But you could sort of sense it sort of coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. then. Um, so yeah, I remember that, that. That's the thing as well. Trying to date things, I know that lots of people thought about. You know, nobody could work out when anything happened. No, because the same day there's a monotony. You know, I know we 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 tried to have a Sunday lunch. Well, we did have a Sunday. We got in the habit of cooking a Sunday lunch. That reminded me of Sunday. You see, right? That was like your calendar. <laughs> yes. But yeah, nobody ever went anyway. It's just weird. So people sort of they're kind of like um, their internal clocks went out of skew in a kind of way. Mm. Even now, when you ask people, and because there were several lockdowns as well. You know, we were in and out like okey bloody cokey at one point. Yeah, and I kind of, that didn't help. Yeah, there was the uh, the you're allowed to drink till ten lockdown, where you could go to the pub, but it was closed at ten. Yes, and then there was like the small group lockdown where you could like meet up to like rule of six or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the rule of six, and then there was that order you had to sit down at order on an app and all that malarkey. Yeah, would you have liked to do the um, the branding or design for the entire lockdown? Would you have? Uh, Added some wit and humour into it. Or? No, I don't know about that really. When my, <laughs> my colleague was looked, they were interested how the graphics changed on the lecterns and things like that. Mm. So I think we had a student who did a little bit of a, an essay about it because as as it went forward, it kept changing quite early on. They, somebody must have been in charge of the the visual nature of the adverts and the warning signs that were on the lecterns and things. And yeah, and then there was stuff in newspapers. Wasn't there? there was a there was a lot of stickers and everything. It was an information graphics sort of thing, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, like Green Shamford, if it was, and then stay. Yeah. Yeah, it probably wasn't the, the best design, really. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I don't know who 
who did that? I think that internally somebody went off. Yeah, somebody did that in PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, that was lockdown. Yeah. The theme for you were telling me on on the conference next week is um, a communication over decoration. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, it's, I think it's something that uh, again, an expression student said. I don't know whether it's Harriet Devoy used to say it. Um, we're communicators, not decorators. Better remind ourselves that, you know, mm. which is kind of going back to the idea of it's not just about making something look pretty. It's about basically um, communicating at the same time as making something look pretty. Yeah. Or look at making look pretty, but make it look um, crafted and stylish. So, yeah, it's sort of saying that we're in the business of communication. So, you know, we need an idea in order to communicate to a wider audience, whether that, as I say, whether that be on a piece of packaging or a brand or a, a museum um, gallery display or anything, really. Um, but yeah, that's what it's, that's kind of what it's about, really. It's just kind of trying to celebrate uh, the role of ideas based design. Yeah. Is that a strong focus of the course then? The, this side, not just the creation of ideas, but how to communicate them effectively with yeah. the clients or with the, yeah. the audience? Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. You've got to, I think one of the things it's it's not about you. Another conference week speaker told told the students that in no uncertain terms, um, you know, from a design perspective, graphic design, your job is will be to basically some client's going to come and give you some money, and you've got to get to know their business and what they do, and they're going to give you loads of words and loads of pictures and expect you to basically communicate what they do. And if you can get an idea in there, you know what I mean, mm. about what they do. That's really what it's about. It's not about you, is it, as a person? You've got to sort of like uh, have an out-of-body experience and think, right, who are we talking to here? Yeah. What's a business and stuff like that? Because otherwise, if you're going to do that, then you, you're in the fine art realm, aren't you? You might as well go maybe towards fine art and mm. discover who you are. Yeah, yeah. And do your personal do expression. Your own personal expression. You see what I mean? That's fine, but from a graphic design perspective, there's no point teaching that to somebody because it's going to be a hell of a shock, isn't it? Mm. When they go out there and go, hold a minute. You know I mean, you can put your own stuff into it. Don't worry. Some some designers do put their own personal style into it. You know what I mean? But certain good design, certain I'll put it now. There are certain agencies you can tell work in a certain way with ideas. Mm. You know, if you see a piece of work with an idea in it, and let's say you didn't know who it was, you could probably say, "Oh, I wonder if that's, uh, I wonder if that's Pentagram, or I wonder if that's kind of Jim Sutherland, or I wonder if that's, you know, um, somebody like that." So sometimes you can, you know, identify. Michael Johnson's another one. You. Mm. Not to say you can tell it's them that's done it, but you know that you, when you see a, when I see a good piece of work that sort of like rocks my boat, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, oh wow, it's really good. I wonder who's done that, you know what I mean? And we we'll find out obviously quite easily. But mm. it's, uh, but going back to what you're saying about yeah, um, students, it's kind of yeah, it's the practical side of it and the and the, the industry side of it and the vocational side of it is that because I mean obviously I worked at the Chase for ten years, so therefore, and most of the staff have all worked in the, in the in the real world, as it were, uh, professional world. When you know so. Part of, part of what we do is prime the students for our experience, you know, to say, look, this is what it's going to be like for you. You know? mm. You're here to sort of, you know, do projects. Create, we, we, the projects we set are as creative, you know, as they possibly could be. You know, if you've got some of the projects that we've set in the real world, you'd be jumping around the office just to really good. bloody hell, I've got, I've got to rebrand a, uh, you know, so we give them fun things to rebrand sometimes, yeah. you know, rather than just sort of maybe sort of occupations that are a little bit kind of like dull. So they get really good, you know, a good set of projects in order to the flex their ideas and stuff, as well as at the same time learning the practical side of things of type and mm. things like that. But def definitely kind of focusing them on, especially with the DNA debriefs. Let's say, for example, they're a really good example. 
you know, example to show because we haven't set those. So we work with the students to say, what exactly is this brief actually asking us to yeah. do and who is it for really? And you know, what is the key message? Trying to, trying to work out what the key message is and you know, mm. who you're communicating to. How do, um, there's a, an Instagram account, which is like design humor or something like that. And it's always like, uh, the classic is the client asks, can you make the logo bigger or oh, have yeah. less white space or something like that? How do you think, um, in your experience, like a freelance designer or a, a new designer should handle this contrast between them learning good design and the yeah. client just wanting the logo to be bigger right. or you just got to push the envelope as much as you can and realize that, yeah, sometimes you just got to basically do what the client wants, haven't you? Uh, but you should try and push initially to sort yeah. of educate them a little bit. Mm. But then there comes a point where I suppose you might realize, look, I've tried and I've got a time scale here. And yeah. then I will just possibly do, yeah. you've got, that's a, yeah, that's a case by case situation. Yeah. Because when I was working, yeah, some people are really good at selling ideas in though as well. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, for example, um, I'll put it now. Sometimes designers are really good at designing. The last thing they want to do is basically sell their idea to anybody. So mm. therefore, there is a role for people within the design agency for a certain size to be able to take that, understand what it is, take it to the meeting, and sell it to the client. Mm. Sometimes a designer can't do that. But if you're a freelancer and you're on your own, you've got to basically do everything, haven't you? Do you know what I mean? So you've got to think right. But there's some people who are really good at doing it. You know what I mean? And it's a how you, that's what we teach the students here as well as in a kind of is if you've only got two or three minutes to show up, um, a film of your work, you know, you've got to get in there with a key kind of insight early on and explain, you know, what's about to happen. And if you build it up to a bit of a punchline and take the client with you, the kind of way, and keep them nodding along. And tell go, a story. Right, tell a story. Yeah. yeah, storytelling is very big narrative. And also just pace it right. So therefore they're on board and they go, all right, you see, I get where you're coming from. And then hit them at a certain point with kind of like, you know. Uh, but some people are good at doing it, aren't they? Some people are good at selling stuff. But as you say, if you're going to get somebody who's stubborn and kind of like go, no, I want it bigger, and that's what I want, and stuff like that. So that's the moment where you've got to go, right, I'll just... It becomes easier for you, yeah, in one sense, because you just do what they want. But then again, inside, if you know it's not right, <laughs> slightly soul-destroying, but you think, well, oh, Is you're there just a, the money. You're thinking the money. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a benefit to creating a version of the, of the proposal for a client that you know they can kill just so that you know you, you have the one that you really want to go for oh that but was you create one iteration where you think well this one yeah i know isn't as good and hopefully mm. they'll kill that one yeah and it'll make this one shine. Well, this is it isn't it it's, it's initially if you want to see three or four different routes or whatever yeah what order do you show them in do you show them the good one first you know or do you orchestrate it so as well i'll give them you know well i think when we used to do we i seem to remember when that Going back, we give them. We know we know which route was the best. Mm. You know, um, I never was really much in in on the meetings when they were sold into the client, so uh, I can't really talk too much about that. But I know that before they went in there, we, we we generally knew which which one we thought we wanted. But there'd be kind of a standard one in there, and then there'd be a really out out there one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Put one of those in because they, they they might never go for. But if they did, it'd be brilliant. Mm. You know, but sometimes it would come back a bit like well, a bit of this and a bit of that. You know, and then it ended up being a bit of a ratatouille. Yeah, Maybe, is that you know, the worst possible outcome? That probably might a, be. A Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing, isn't it? It's kind of designed by committee. What an ad man once said something about that. I can't remember who it was now. Probably some like Ogilvy. You never see many statues to committees. Yeah. It's quite interesting. There always tends to be one person, one yeah. individual. Yeah. Um, 
some, I don't, that was not quite the quote, but it got me thinking, thinking yeah, there isn't actually many statutes mm. <laughs> to kind of committees. Do you know what I mean? When was the last time you saw a statue to a committee? Yeah. Like I, you know, it tends to be just, you know, Darwin or kind of like Nelson or yeah, you know, it's one yeah. person. Yeah. You know I mean? So um, I don't know what that says, but it kind of. Well, it, I think in <laughs> business, there's a strong push towards let's all do this together and teamwork and stuff like that, which may even be working sort of against. Mm. I, th I think that's interesting, isn't it? it? It is valuable, that, but there comes a point, you would have thought, where somebody's got to. It has to have an identity rather than a mix of opinions. Mm. Yeah. And not everyone's going to be thinking the same way or pulling them in the same direction. So No, which looks like a colour, isn't it? You'd end up with a very bland colour. Yeah. If it was brown. Yeah, just mixing everything together. Well, it's a compromise. And you go, yeah, but shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't want it all on my bathroom. Not the colour. I don't know. But that's another thing as well, isn't it? It's kind of like the client, that can come from the client as well sometimes. Or can come from those classic stories of kind of like, we've had to change the colour because the MDs took it home and shown it to his kids or, you know, his family and somebody's going, oh, I don't like blue. And then he's come back and said, can he change it? Yeah. And it's purely on the whim of some family member. Yeah. <laughs> and because he's the MD. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's, oh God, it's something you just can't control, you know? No, that's true. Maybe it is about control. Maybe there's that element to it as well. A lot of things are. Yeah. But uh, but design, I mean, just if, you know, uh, well, the, the classic thing, isn't it? It's, perfect, it's with design, it's, uh, what's the word now? It's kind of uh, subjective to a large point, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, uh, if I'm an electrician, I'm an electrician, and you're a plumber, and somebody comes around your house and does your plumbing and the electricians, you don't stand on the shoulders telling them what to do or things like that. Do you know, what I mean? you, you put your trust in them that they know what they're doing to do it. And but with design, it doesn't really work that way. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's got everybody's got some kind of opinion on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a, as a profession, it can be quite difficult to uh, chart your way through that. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. uh, somebody said, you know, uh, I've said in other conference weeks. When you go in as a designer to a company uh, to show them their new brand or what might possibly be, that's probably going to be the most interesting part of their day, possibly the week or the month. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We've got the creative people coming in to show us lots of pictures and stuff like this. Do you know what I mean? Whereas on a day-to-day -day basis, they're probably just doing, you know, run-of-the-mill with the business stuff. Yeah. So it's very exciting for them to have, you know, um, a designer, a team or agency come in and, you know, redesign the packaging or something like that or the brand or, you know. So they're bound to have some kind of, input into it aren't they you know I mean, it's yeah their, especially if it's their company it's their, so it's understandable but there is that's that's the, that's the thing about design it's very subjective that's going back to ideas or go back to ideas again just to finish off in that kind of sense you know, a good idea should be it's a good idea so if you don't if you don't recognize it, it's a good idea you know it's, it, there's a we can but, talk we can talk about colors and typography and faces and subtle nuances and the style and look of it but if it's got a good core idea at the heart of it yeah then that then that should really sell it to anybody i think that's different isn't it it's like a client could push back on the color or the uh, yes balance or typography or anything photography but or whatever. it's really hard to try to modify the idea yes yeah, very difficult yeah because you, you think well we can do yeah we can work around that but how can we still keep this idea can we still keep the yeah. idea you know maybe we won't use that style of illustration i don't know mm. or that typeface but generally yeah it's it's the storytelling as well though, as you mentioned earlier increasingly so um, i've noticed over the, over the past few years it's not something that when i first started teaching i really thought that much about you know but telling that story of you know how you got there to your solution or telling the story of the company or the brand to make it understandable and digestible mm. Because uh, it's, it's all about telling stories now, isn't it, really? A lot yeah. of it. 
Well, the stories are like, even if you think some things aren't a story. Yeah, exactly. No, we, we think of telling a story are, as yeah. kind of like, you know, an actual story. But, you know, what, what we're talking about here is, yeah, just feeding an idea into somebody and telling them the, the story of that idea, really, mm. you know, how it came about and how why you're doing it that way, you know. Yeah. And it's having an insight, really. It's having a good, solid, strong insight into what a company does, I suppose, or what the problem is. You know, and there's there's this, but there's various ways of cracking it. You know, there's there's no that's a good thing about ideas in one sense. There's there's just a myriad of different ways of doing it. I think mm. as well. And anyone can have the idea. I've, yeah, it's funny when you talk to people who have completely different field yeah. or something, and they'll say something, and you're yeah. like, "That's it." Yeah. Well, that's another one as well, isn't it? That big going back to the sponge thing is being open to that as well. You know, you've got to be open to other people's opinions and ideas, whether it's your colleagues and stuff like that, and not being too protective and think what's well, my idea and I'm like, well, that, was, that was quite a good suggestion but I'm not going to change it slightly even though it would, even though that idea or that little bit would have made it a lot better you know? mm. um, that's another quote isn't it great designers copy great designers steal or something like that stealing stuff. Uh, great artists yeah something like that yeah. great artists steal really good artists yeah there's a, there's a quote about it yeah I think it was Steve Jobs or something like that or, right. in fact it's a book by Austin somebody right. and that's the title of the book but yeah. I think it was a Steve Jobs or yeah. he probably yeah. kind of in a meta way stole it off someone mm. else and, and well I mean, people say that nothing's ever new and it isn't really in a kind of way what it is is like cliches and things like that it's just basically using the right one at the right time and interpreting it and changing it to your own ends mm. Just to me, nobody's, you know, you know that scale can communicate and make things humorous or funny and things like that. Nobody's got a copyright on making things big or small. Mm. It's just at what point do you think it's right for the client? Do you know what we could do? We could do a really big, you know, we could do, you know, so you just, yeah. Um, ideas can, as you say, can come from anywhere. The thing is to be a sponge again and accept, accept, uh, you know, when you, the thing is to spot when somebody says, well, that, you're right. That is a really good idea. I will do that. Do you know what I mean? But some some designs can be quite precious about it, can't they? Yeah. They can say, you know, you could say they could just deny, not deny, but yeah, they take take on board. I'm, I'm I've done it myself sometimes. Do you know what I mean? You stick you stick your fuse in the ground, but then over a period of time, yeah, no, that is actually better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen it in practice sometimes, even at work years ago. I've seen, I mean, I've seen all kinds of things with certain designers will kind of be quite protective of their ideas mm. and not share but it depends what kind of design agency it is as well doesn't it you know mm. some design agencies um, I think um, it's good that basically you can come from the from the I was going to say intern then it could come from the placement students or the intern uh, if you're American uh, and uh, yeah it could, or it can come from you know anywhere really does you were speaking before about the difference or there's a sort of um two camps of stylistic or idea-based design company. Yeah. Uh, does Preston or the alumni from Preston have a m much more ideation, idea-based sort of approach then? Can you, I think can you so. tell if it's someone from UCLan because they've got more idea-based ideas than yeah, stylistic? Yeah, I'd like to think so, yeah. Uh, but there have been students who've left the course who've gone on to work in more style-based mm. sort of agencies maybe or, or agencies that didn't really you know, uh, what can I say, champion the idea as such, or maybe more into kind of the way things looked or uh, the style of elements of it. So it's not, not not been solely the case, but yeah, I'd like to think so, because that's kind of the way that the course has been set up, really. So I know through experience that um, and doing the conference weeks and getting people back and doing the Words of Wisdom book and the Disciples of Design, 
that um, I suppose it's a bit of an echo chamber because I'm talking to ex-Preston students, but you know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of agencies out there that have been founded on Preston ways of thinking, mm. basically, and they've been successful. So it must work mm. in a, in a kind of way. Um, have you been following AI and uh, I have? This, uh, yeah, no, that's yeah, no. Uh, it's going to make a bit of an appearance actually at conference week. Um, I have all. Do you mean an AI is going to present? Maybe uh, <laughs> Chat GPT. I tried to get it up three weeks ago and I couldn't, um, and because it was so busy. And then a couple of weeks ago I did. So I've, I've been feeding the. I'm not. I've been, I was aware of the illustration stuff because. Um, uh, Chris Mason was showing me, you know, and that's been around for a while. Yeah, Mid Journey and, and all that sort of stuff. Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And um, so I was introduced to that and a quick look at that. And um, but then the Chat GPT thing came out, which I was more interested in, to be quite frank with you. So I, I, I had a bit of a spurt of, of, of feeding things into it, um, and then I really, you know, good to get a grasp of what's going on. But I've been reading quite a bit, and well, not a bit, because I, I still get a newspaper. I'm a, I'm a philistine uh, to get the Times on a, on a Sunday. But it was a really interesting article. Uh, I should bring it in to show the students in the, in the design section. No, no, the text business section, just about how it's possibly going to change things. So there's, there's definitely there's so much happening, big style basically, mm. uh, as upon us. That's as big as the internet was. Uh, but I think people are fig trying to figure out what the heck's going on and who can use it and how they can use it, what jobs are going to be created, what jobs are going to be lost. But the article I read on Sunday was quite interesting about call centres and stuff like that. And, uh, and with ChatGPT in particular? Yeah, or? could be end of calls, people working in call centres. I've worked in a call centre, that doesn't sound too bad. No, no, <laughs> no like that case, yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah. Well, one of the scariest things was basically the thing that the, I don't know if you read about it, but the three, there's... I think it's in America again. I would have, somewhere, some tech. They, they, they sample your voice not more than three or four seconds. Right. And they can then basically create um, your whole vocabulary. Ah, okay. So if I spoke like this now, you could take it away and basically you could create, you know, that we would, I would, I mean, I'd love to be able to listen to myself back again, but that's all they need. They just need that one snippet to mm -hmm. be able to basically uh, fake you completely uh, verbally. Wow. Uh, and, the, and uh, yeah, that won't go, there's, yeah, it's an interesting article. But yeah, I think some of the students are on board with it, but some of the students are. It's interesting because I felt I felt slightly empowered. I thought, oh, I'm a bit, a bit ahead of the curve than the students on this one. Because I think some of them knew a little bit about the Dali stuff and the mid-journey and all yeah, that yeah. stuff, but the chat GBT. Have you ever had like um, experimented writing copy or just tested to see how it can write copy for things? Well, I asked it to write a, uh, yeah, I've asked it to, yeah, one of the things I said, um, I've had into it. <laughs> can, you, um, can you write, um, can you write a sentence in the style of the football manager whose team is currently in the relegation zone <laughs> and in trouble? And then I wrote another one that said, can you do the opposite? Can you write a, um, uh, a sentence from a manager whose team uh, is in the top two and is likely to win the championship? Do you know what I mean? And mm. riding high. And it's it, absolutely brilliant. It, it, what, it, what, it, what it gave me was everything, because it's cliche written yeah. under the book, you know what I mean? And uh, that, was, that was really convincing. I asked it to write a I asked to write a, a Beatles uh, track. Uh, um, um, in the style of? Um, all You Need Is Love. Uh, and it, yeah, it's just interesting to watch it do it in yeah. real time. It's so it quick. Was rubbish, uh, the, the, you know, the uh, Beatles one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but then I've asked it to write a, a Best Man speech for a bricklayer. I remember doing that. Uh, but then you start playing around with it, kind of like, you know, and you start to, to do things where it is, what did I do now? Are you okay? Um, and it comes back and tells you what it is. I can't feel or whatever I am. You know, I'm a 
Oh, right, okay. Yeah. You're trying to get the HAL moment out of it. You know, from 2001 I can't Space do that, Dave. Yeah, yeah. It's so transient. But I mean, it's what's interesting about it is it's been fed every single piece of written inf email information up until 2021. So everything that's ever been documented on the internet, written down, wow. it has it in its memory bank. You know, it's, well, it's in its memory banks, but it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And they said it, it, currently it's the worst it'll ever be at the moment. So therefore, it's only going to get better and better and better and better. You know. Yeah. ChatGPT four, I think, is going into Bing, uh, Microsoft search engine. Yeah. Like next week or very soon, anyway. Yeah. Which is supposed to be an order of magnitude yeah. more advanced than GPT three. Yeah. No, I, I just let the cat out of the bag. I asked it to basically uh, write a uh, opening. Um, speech for a up and coming uh, design conference based purely on ideas and creativity <laughs> how did it do or it would did people right. have to come it, and find it, out we have to come and find out <laughs> it did all right actually the uh, apart from we got the uh, first thing it said good evening uh, and i thought that's wrong for a start we're starting in the morning yeah uh, <laughs> it assumed but yeah it did quite well and yeah so that might be appearing nice yeah we've got a little bit of a trick up our sleeves so okay uh, yeah you've got to come along to uh, to see it on to the see, day, yeah, yeah the yeah. grand opening <laughs> But yeah, no, it's definitely something that's kind of like you know, you come back and do this, do this again in in a year or two years time, maybe three years time. I, I don't quite know where we'll be at with that one. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I think people are trying to. It could, it could go flop. What I've been reading about, it might work. It might lead to lots of interesting stuff. But it might not. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just working out what. Um, that's why the article in the Times is really good. Uh, that I read this weekend because it covered certain sections about five or six different areas where it might kind of like um, impact sort of areas but um but nobody really knows they just you know it's sort of it's just suddenly hit hasn't it this year and, yeah know, in the last what eight weeks six seven eight weeks mm. i can imagine clients coming back saying oh we've run this copy you've wrote through chat gpt and you think she should change this this and this well i know this is it, isn't it? so you get kind of client enhanced with chat going back to want the logo a bit bigger yeah, yeah uh, ChatGPT says we just need a. Uh, he thinks it likes Comic Sans, so we've got to change yeah. it to that. Or... <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to next week. Hopefully, I'll come as much as possible. Um, are you all set now? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, I won't be, yeah. yeah. Ne nearly, <laughs> nearly. We've got one or two things to do, but yeah, we're getting there. So hopefully, yeah. Just, just hopefully, there isn't a train strike and never we can turn up on time, really, because it's the first time we've had majority of people in person since COVID, so. I think, yeah, so it's be good to see 19 people coming and giving talks in the flesh, really. Good. I think the weather's not too bad next week as well, so. No, no, you can feel it coming, can't you? It's kind of feels a little bit spring-like and the, the, yeah. nights, the nights are drawing out of it. Yeah. I'll come soon enough. Yeah. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Andy. Thank you very much. Pleasure talking to you too. See you soon. Brilliant, <laughs> thank you. Well, that's a lot from this episode. Um, but before you go rushing off to bask in the glorious sunshine of Preston, that's uh, very well known for, we want to ask you a small favour. We'd love to see a podcast from Preston called P-Town feature in the iTunes charts for people all over the world, uh, certainly England, to be tapping in and learning about our city. And that can only happen if um, Apple thinks that there's some value or entertainment value at least in the podcast. So if you can, just take two minutes right now um, and leave us a quick review or even just tap the five star uh, thingamajig on either Spotify or Apple or whatever podcast player you're listening to us to. Um, we really appreciate it. I'll start to read out some of the reviews as well at the end of the podcast so you'll get a little two minutes of fame there as well uh, but most importantly it's about promoting the city which is what we're about 
and giving us a review certainly will help do that and you'll definitely see us celebrating if P-Town makes it to the top of the charts. I just want to also call out that the music for this episode, uh, which you heard at the beginning and you will hear in a moment, is by a local band called Geese, one of my absolute favourite bands, um, and you can find a link to all their stuff as well in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. We've got tons of fantastic guests lined up for this year. It's properly going to step up, and we hope to see you come back again. Toodaloo.